Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Liverpool Regionals upcoming this weekend. We'll give our thoughts on the current meta, the state of the game, and also some of our predictions for the tournament this weekend. We'll, of course, have guessed that flavor text. And then we'll wrap up this episode by talking about the new era of the Pokemon TCG, the Scarlet and Violet base set cards that were all just recently revealed over in Japan will likely be all included in our Scarlet and Violet base set, which is set to come out at the end of March. So seems really far away. Hopefully it uh, goes by quicker <laughs> than uh, it feels like it will, but it probably will will drag on and we will be living in this Silver Tempest meta for a long, long time. My name is Chip Ritchie and I'm joined here as always by my co-host and friend Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How are we doing, man? Uh, doing all right this week. I'm a little bit sick or quite a bit sick. Getting better, starting to feel a little bit better, well enough to record the cast. So I apologize if I mute randomly <laughs> throughout the cast. Uh, a couple times I'm coughing, sneezing, uh, stuff like that. But besides that, uh, doing it pretty well and um, looking forward towards Crown Zenith coming up. This was it released Thursday on PTCGO. Pokemon actually sent me some Crown Zenith as well. So shout out to them. For sending me some crown zenith uh mine's not here quite yet but i did want to give them a shout out my stuff's arriving uh tomorrow and yeah you got some there as well it looks like chip yeah, uh, yeah mine, mine mine hasn't quite arrived yet it's supposed to come tomorrow so um but uh yeah shout out to pokemon for that and excited for for some new cards to mess around with but i don't think it is going to change too much of the format so we're going to be stuck in yeah the silver tempest meta for until scarlet and violet comes out it feels like yeah, Pokemon hooked me up with some Crown Zenith stuff as well. Those two boxes I just showed, plus an Elite Trainer box. So big thanks to Pokemon for supporting both me and Azul, supporting the podcast, supporting Azul's content, all of that stuff. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited regardless of... I, I don't know that how much this set's going to change competitively, but I'm excited to open up the set. There's a lot of really cool cards in it, and there's definitely going to be um, a lot of those trainer gallery cards to go after. I know Azul doesn't really care too much about the collecting, but I like getting some <laughs> nice shiny cards every now and then myself. Um, looking forward to it. So, yeah, and this past weekend, I also won a tournament. Let's go. I won a GLC <laughs> local event, which I haven't played at this store that this tournament was at in a long time. Um, like in you know, over a year for sure, I feel like. And um, there was 23 people there. So it was like a pretty sizable showing, I feel like, for just a locals. Um, but yeah, it was a GLC tournament. I won with a dark deck, very similar to our buddy JW's dark list from a few months ago that he won one of the full grip tournaments with. I think it's probably like five-ish cards different, if I had to guess. I don't remember exactly, but added some different supporters, I think is the main thing. I think the Pokemon lineup and energy count is pretty much the same, but yeah, very fun. And, um, GLC is a lot of fun. I haven't, hadn't played GLC in a while. I built a couple extra decks and had let some friends borrow them. My friend Eddie played, um, my fire mill deck that I had built based off the one on the website that, uh, you know, Andrew, you know, posted over there on the GLC website. Um, and that deck is crazy. I don't know as well if you've kept up with GLC <laughs> no. really much at all, but, um, with the new Charizard that doubles your fire energy, it's got, there's a Moltres that, you know, you discard all the energies attached to it and then you mill that many cards. And then there's the Scorch that, you know, you mill however many cards for how many energies are attached to the Scorch and it doesn't get discarded. So 
you know, if you just, you know, with Embor load up those energies, with Charizard double those energies, you're milling a ton of cards every turn. It's kind of sick, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't messed with GLC in a while, but yeah, 23 people, especially that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, sick to hear. It definitely seems like the, uh, <clears throat> the format is alive and well, for sure. If, uh, tournaments are getting, you know, that many, that many players outside of the, uh, uh, Ohio area where like yeah. where the big tournaments were, were held in the, with the, uh, the GLC one case or two case, whatever it was that uh, full grip was putting on. So that's pretty sick to hear. It was also just fun to like go hang out and play Pokemon at a shop with my friends that looks like something I have been missing that I haven't done in a long time. So uh, yeah. glad I went out and got to do that and makes me miss locals and league cups and challenges and stuff. I know Azul hates league cups <laughs> and challenges, but <laughs> makes me miss them. But regardless, um, we'll see what happens with those moving forward. But for now, we'll talk about the more premier events, the regional championships and specifically the Liverpool regionals, which are happening this weekend over in the UK. It is going to still be the current format. Crown Zenith does officially release this weekend it comes out on friday but sets have to be available like uh they're not legal for play until two weeks after the release date so crown zenith even though it comes out will not be legal for liverpool regional so it's gonna be the same format that we've had for the last couple of regionals that they had for their stuttgart regionals that we've had for our last few over here in north america are we expecting much to change, Azul? I mean, is it going to be a 30% plus Lugia meta again over there in Liverpool? Like, is there any reason to think it would be any different? I don't think. One thing I will mention before we go into that, make sure you don't play any of the different art cards for... No, 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 you can't. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah, you can't. That's what I'm saying. Make sure you don't. <laughs> make sure you, you don't? No, you can, you... yes. No, you can't. You can't. The, cr- the Crown Zenith cards? This. The Crown Zenith cards, yes. So in no, Crown Zenith... When... Hang on, hang on. In Crown Zenith, right, there will be special... Um, so this is, yeah, this is kind of an interesting topic, I guess, because we had this issue come up, um, with Lost Origin not too long ago. You couldn't for Lost Origin, right? Okay, so here's what the issue was. All right, go ahead, break it down. (laughs) So let me explain what's happening, because someone's probably confused. So, uh, in this new set, Crown Zenith, which comes out this Friday, there are reprint cards from cards that are already exist in Standard. There's, like, an alternate full art, Colrus's Experiment, I think. There's, like alternate full art um, of several other supporters. Like there's an Irida, I'm pretty sure. So there's like several relevant reprints that have just different special artworks. Um, And there was a regionals in the U.S. a few months ago. I think it was Peoria right before. It was like whatever the first one, maybe it was Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore because it was before Lost Origin was legal. There was reprint cards Mm -hmm. in Lost Origin uh, and people were told they could not play those cards at P- at Baltimore if they got their hands on them early, like from release weekend or whatever. Um, but the reason for that is because the set had not officially released yet. The only way people could have had cards was from pre-releases. So you're allowed oh. to play you're allowed to play reprint cards in official tournaments after the official release date. And then all the other new cards don't become legal for play until two weeks after. So because Crown Zenith's official release date is this Friday, you can play those new alternate cards and stuff like that. All right, and if Chip's wrong, you know who to blame. It was not my fault. I thought it was the <laughs> other way, but <laughs> Chip's, Chip sounds pretty confident. That makes sense to me. All right, so yeah, go ahead. I just want to put that out there yeah. um, before we got into it. But yeah, Lukia moving forward into Liverpool. I, th- I mean, there's no reason for it to shift, right? There's no reason for it to not be 30%. I mean, it wasn't... I think one of the things, like, even though it was 30% of the meta, you always do have to kind of look at what are the, the best players at the tournament playing. And I think a lot of the top players in general were kind of playing Lost Box at 
Lost Box and Reggie's yeah. at um, uh, San Diego. So that was going to be a little bit of a pull, a little bit shift on what actually did well. So, I mean, I don't think the percentage of Lugia played is going to change, but I think how well it does, you know, will this be like another this is is this going to be like the the comeback for lugia where there's like six of them in the top cut again i don't i think it depends on what the the, be, the better players of the game choose to play right that's going to be a pretty big pull on what ends up being in those in those top eight slots so i guess my question would be should people look at the fact like so lugia is obviously incredibly powerful right um it's pretty simple and straightforward to set up and then once you get it set up you can do so much you can power up crazy attackers really efficiently you can stoutland to take extra prizes you can evil tall to one hit ko anything and even lugi itself can do a ton of damage and discard stadiums like it's like everything in the deck seems incredibly high power level so all of that considered so many of the top players have chosen to play other decks like you mentioned um so should the general player base not look at that fact and then maybe adjust what they're choosing to play to that fact? Like, look at the fact, okay, all of these, this deck is incredibly powerful, but all of the best players in the world are choosing to play something different. If the best players in the world are not playing these broken cards, should I not just look to play something else as well? Um. Well, I think the reason, like, <clears throat> they're not playing decks that all of a sudden that just lose to Lugia. It's just like... Uh, I don't know. I think more people switch around with the mentality of like not playing the obvious BDIF just for the fact that you don't have to play a bunch of mirror matches. And there's still a ton of very good players who are still playing Lugia. Course, so yeah. you will still have to go through those players. Uh, and all these people who are choosing not to play Lugia know that as well. So they're not picking decks that all of a sudden just have like an unfavorable Lugia matchup. I actually do think someone asked me this question of like, or somehow the topic came up kind of of like, should the average player play Lugia? And I think when I thought about it and kind of had the discussion with someone, I don't think you should. I think if you consider yourself an average player, the last deck you should play is probably Lugia. Um, yeah, like if you consider maybe, yourself a player... Could you just blanket trying to... say, like, if, you're an, if you consider yourself an average player, you should not play whatever the top deck of the format is? Or is that just to this specific format? I think it's when it's like 30%. So, like, the Palkia, I would agree with it in Palkia format. I'd agree with it in the current format. Um, and probably would agree with it. Maybe I, would, I wouldn't agree with it as much in the Mew format, though, because I feel like actually Mew took, like, the, with the, no better way to say it, took some of the skill out of the game. When you sat down with Mellow at a Mew against anything, you definitely took some of the skill out of the game by playing Mellow at a Mew. So I don't think that applies to Mellow at a Mew. But Palkia and Lugia, I think for sure. Um, there's the Lugia mirror specifically, I feel like there's, there's, there's some outplaying, of course. And of course, the better player does come out on top more often than not, <clears throat> which is a good thing to still see. But yeah, I think if you're, and I, when I say average player, I think if you're a player who's like pushing to try and get to day two, if that's your goal is to try and get to day two, your first day two, um, or just try and get to day two. And then once you get there, that's kind of what you're you're hoping for. And anything past that is kind of just like whatever. And I feel like Lugia is just like a really bad play for that. I think something like Reggie's Arceus Duraladon, maybe something like Makani's Arceus deck. I haven't played too much with that. Would also be a better play um or even even lost box if you're really comfortable with it i think lost box is one of the harder decks to play i would i would definitely look at if you're someone new to picking up lost box look at pablo's build i think the kyogre build is quite a bit harder to play than the rayquaza build and i don't even know if it's worth it to, like at this point i almost feel like it's not worth it to play kyogre when you could just play the rayquaza build because i think the rayquaza deck is really really good i don't even know if kyogre is actually better than it so uh, and it's definitely like rayquaza is easier to manage than kyogre so um, yeah, I would say consider a deck like I think there's no reason if you're like I said, if you're a player who's pushing for, you know, you're just kind of pushing for day two. You're not trying to, you know, do really well. You're like you're not, You don't expect to kind of make day two and then try and do well in day two. And I don't I think playing Lugia is just a mistake, to be honest. I think like for how it'll play out, 
uh, on average, you probably won't have Yumi Kinte too. I feel like I had this discussion with someone about like, you know, should the should those kind of players, should that level of player be playing something like Lugia? And after I kind of talked about it and thought about it, I, I think the answer is no. You should be playing in something like a Reggie, like an Arcus to route on. If your goal truly is to make day two, if your if your goal is to kind of show up with your Lugia and play Lugia deck and play your Lugia deck and do your best, that's a little bit different. But uh, if your goal is, goal is truly to do as best as you can and you feel like you're at that level of a player, I don't think I would play Lugia. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, and I would also say, like, if, I mean, we talked about people going to their first regionals and stuff like that a couple weeks ago um, about, like, you know, deciding what deck to play. I don't think, like, you should listen to Azul saying this and, like, auto, all of a sudden panic change what deck you're playing yeah. necessarily. <laughs> like, if you're if you're going to your first regionals in Liverpool and you're, like, I've been practicing Lugia for two months and Azul's telling me to play something different, like, no, no, no. Stick to, you know, what you've been practicing. Um, but it's just all about what level of player you're at. You know, if you're someone yeah. who's... Um, and, and when we're talking about level of players, we're not trying to like talk down to anyone by any means. Like, it's just a fact people are at different levels. You know, someone yep. who's playing in their first regionals is not going to be as good at Pokemon as Azul is, who's, you know, won <laughs> five regionals. Right. So, uh, which is okay. You know, and that's just kind of the nature of our game is that we've got a huge variety of skill base in every single one of these tournaments. So, um, you know, if you're a new player say, or if you're an average player or if you're a top player, like the way you go about choosing a deck is totally different. And one more thing I'd add to that is like my mindset has recently changed on that. Like, oh, uh, before, because I had the discussion with someone at San Diego, like before San Diego, I would have said for the majority of people, I think Lugia would be a fine deck. But it was just like I had this like an interesting conversation with someone. Um, and that was kind of and I never really thought about it in kind of the way they kind of asked me some questions. Um, and that was what kind of triggered me to like think about it like further and a little bit more in depth. Um, the questions they kind of asked me, you know, led to me going down like this thought process of well, and this so that's where I'm currently at. I would say like decks, if I had to like pick out through the through the past couple formats, like I think in the Mew format, Mew was fine, but like once you get to the Pocket format and now the Lugia format, I would say, yeah, if you're that level of player, which I think um uh, there's a uh, like I don't know, you could say fifty percent of the players, maybe not fifty percent, maybe like thirty percent of the players fall into that category. Probably. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of people who show up to these Pokemon events and have no plans of making day two, um, and if they, some some will, of course, but they don't. They know that's not on their their checklist, right? They're just kind of showing up to play Pokemon, right? A lot for a lot of players that is it, but for like the more competitive players, so maybe thirty percent of the people show up to a tournament, maybe twenty five percent. You know, you're trying to push for your first day two or trying to be consistent about you know making your next day two or whatever. Um, and then obviously, once you get to day two, you do the best you can. But I think Lugia is just a bad deck choice in those situations. I think even if you get to day two with the Lugia, you're not going to ever do well. I don't think. I think you have to be like. A step above as far as being a Lug as I, like a, you have to be a step above as far as a player level goes to consistently make day twos with something like Lugia and then also consistently do well in a day two once you get there. So, um, but yeah, my mindset could on that could change, but that's where I'm currently at with that right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend kind of anyone plays and, and like I said, I don't want I don't play Lugia at all the events myself and I wouldn't recommend anyone. Play. So, I guess I'm not recommending nobody plays Lugia to be honest. It sounds like a miserable experience <laughs> on top of just being, I think, a bad choice. Um, for average players and i think it's even a poor choice for for more advanced players as well but i know some people disagree with me on that kind of stuff but yeah don't play lugia <laughs> so looking at the tournaments in this format so far we've got and i'm gonna switch screens here okay so we're not going to talk about the the asia tournaments because i feel like those metas are pretty separate from our metas on the like western part of the world so we're not going to talk mm -hmm. about like the indonesia or asia open or any of the tournaments in japan or anything like that so we've got sao paulo we've got stuttgart brisbane toronto arlington and san diego those are the tournaments we're looking at in this current format two of them 
were won by Lugia. And both of the players who won with Lugia, obviously Tord, who many people would consider one of the best of all time, and then Connor Fenton, who's a very good player from the U.S., who's been a Day 2 Worlds competitor in the past, you know, auto Day 2 qualifier. Um, so both people who have won with Lugia are very good players. Do you think, like, um, I mean, it, it's not likely that we're going to see some, like, um, you know, unknown, like, not great player come up and win with Lugia, I feel like, right? I feel like, like, it's, and maybe that's true for any deck, like, you know, if we're looking at the names of all of these winners, um, you know, I recognize a decent amount of them, I feel like. Um, I don't know. Um, do you feel like it's likely that if, if Lugia wins the event, is it going to be from a really good player, or do you think, like, an okay player will win the tournament with Lugia? Uh, I think it's more likely that it would be, like, a known name uh, for sure. Like if someone like um, Stefan or Torrid, right, rolls up and decides yeah, to play yeah. the deck, like, yeah, if, they, if any anyone like that decides to play Lugia, they could definitely walk away with the event win, unless any of them come up with a deck that like auto wins the Lugia matchup. You have to auto win like so many different versions of Lugia that have like different stuff to have to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I think so. I think when you're when you're more likely to see the names that you don't see as often, it's usually when they bring something a little bit different. Um, uh, for sure, that's like one of this usually the deck in but yeah i think for the lugia yeah. i mean i think it makes sense but it has a track record so far actually something interesting about the other ones where lugia hasn't won is vika vault's been in the finals so that oh, was, the next, was in the finals yeah. of the other one <laughs> vika vault's won two yeah. of the four major tournaments that we're talking about right yeah five major tournaments because brisbane in there too five mm -hmm. oh i wasn't counting sao paulo actually that's what i missed oh yeah <clears throat> yeah so for brisbane's so the weird international Brisbane's so weird because they're. I feel like their meta. Maybe we almost should like not to diss on Australia, but their metas are weird because, um, and I think this tournament really less players um, and less events, right? Yeah, less players, less events. And I actually talked to I've talked to Natalie about this before. It's like the the, I mean, a, a lot of players play the top decks, but it's like more so in Australia that a lot of players are going to play the top decks. So I would actually be curious to have actually known what the day one percentage of Lugia was in Brisbane because I feel like it could have been maybe it was higher than what we've seen at the 30% uh, everywhere else. But I know Natalie mentions that all the time is that everyone's always bringing the best deck. So we saw the counters come through and do really, really, really well in Australia. Like there was uh, obviously some funky stuff going on there. Um, I guess that whole weekend was a little bit funky though in general, right? Even in, yeah, even in uh, North America and then Stuttgart, uh, the funky stuff was happening yeah. no matter what. So, just the, that was just the funky weekend. So you mentioned Vikavolt. Uh, which yeah, is Vikavolt. yeah, not Vikavolt, Vikavolt, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's won two regionals. It got second at another one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I feel like even you know going into San Diego, especially nobody was really even. It, it wasn't. It was like people knew about it, but it wasn't on their radar. Like people weren't prepping for it. People weren't like a lot of people weren't really considering playing it. I don't feel like right. Is that something that should be different now? Like, is this a deck that is going to take up some percentage of the meta share, and or maybe should it? Because I mean, its finishes are insane. When you consider probably how many people were actually playing these decks, its finishes yeah. are super strong. Yeah, I mean, so the there's two different builds. There's the Mateus right. build, which is the Vika Vault Palkia, which, to be honest, I would love. Uh, Mateus, if you're out there and you hear this and you want to make a comment on it, how do you beat Lugia with this deck if they have Dunsparce? If the answer is you don't, and no one had Dunsparce that weekend, that makes sense. Um, but the other build with the Aerodactyl, obviously your win condition is the Aerodactyl. Aerodactyl, we saw Kreckler playing that initially, got second place to Connor. Uh, we could have seen it win back-to-back -back tournaments, to be honest. It would have been interesting if Kreckler had beaten Connor. Because if you watch those games, it's not like, oh, wait, Kreckler's deck actually sucks, and Lugia just beats it. Kreckler just didn't draw very well, never really had a chance based on the draw, right? Yeah. Um, and then we saw kind of... Uh, 
uh, a different story from uh, Gibby, Gibby, but Gibby didn't end up hitting the Lugia, hit the Mew in the finals. But that matchup's actually pretty good for the, the Vikavolt deck, yeah. Vikavolt Aerodactyl deck. So yeah, so Vikavolt actually ended up taking it down overall uh, in San Diego. And I think yeah, like like I even said on the cast before San Diego, I was like, I think the deck seems decent. I just haven't had time to test it. So it seems like it has a good loss box meta. matchup as well, right? Like loss yeah, you box, got a good loss box. Loss box hates not being able to play their yeah. item cards. And you've got a pretty consistent game plan of just with the Zapdos, do 60 damage to a Comfy, and then KO it with Zigzagoon, and then you take another two prizes or lock another Comfy up for another turn. And yep. there's like not like the lost box deck can't do anything about it. Or is there something that the lost box deck can do about it that people haven't utilized just yet? Well, I think the card to play, to be honest, if you're playing the Rayquaza build, is the Zapdos V that yeah. uh, Nicholas Moffat played uh, in their build and lost to Gibby on the winning end. Um, I think there was definitely uh, like there was definitely room for for Nick to have taken uh, that series actually overall. Um, so could have actually ended up taking the win against Gibby, and then who knows where how the tournament would have ended. But yeah, I think the if you're playing the Rayquaza build. Zapdos V, I think, gives you like it seems to probably give you about a 50 50, to be honest. After kind of watching how that set played out, uh, it definitely seems like you could get that pretty close to a 50 yeah. 50 overall. So I would say if you're playing the Rayquaza build, consider it. And I think definitely as Lugia, like decks are getting cheesier and cheesier. We're seeing more cheese do well. I mean, I wouldn't recommend Eternatus Weezing. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't play that. But um, if you're looking for some cheese to beat Lugia with, but, but that Vikafault Aerodactyl seems very solid at winning. So I would definitely like consider Cologne in Lugia for sure. That's where I'm going with this uh, for, for this, uh, for this week. And I would definitely consider it because Vikafault Aerodactyl, I think has definitely finally established itself as a solid deck. I think after Crackler one, people were like, eh, really? And then no one really gave it the time of day. And then, you know, Gibby picked it up, wins this. I think that definitely you have to look at it now, right? And be like, okay, the deck's probably pretty decent in the current format overall. Uh, and how do you beat it? And if you could do something besides Cologne, like a like if you can already figure out like a way to kind of beat the matchup without having to put the tech cards in like Cologne in Lugia, that's even better. But if you need, if the only way to beat it consistently is something like Cologne, then I would say definitely consider it because I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a decent amount of Vigavolt Aerodactyl at the uh, at Liverpool for sure. Yeah, imagine <laughs> your Vigavolt Aerodactyl or Vikavolt Aerodactyl. You pull off your turn Vikavolt. one into turn two Aerodactyl V Star play. And then your your Lukey opponent just goes canceling cologne that Aerodactyl that you just attacked with, and then <laughs> use my V Star power anyway and <laughs> knock him out. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah that seems and, and there's more uses for it too. I think like that's where easy. you have to when, when you're determining what cards are worth playing, like especially when you're in a tournament like this where we're multiple set like multiple tournaments into the format people are trying to find unique ways to innovate their lists right whenever you're trying to find those cute cards to include you have to try to find cards that have multiple uses for multiple matchups right where if you're just playing cologne because it only counters aerodactyl v-star that's probably not worth it because this is a deck that's going to be five percent of the meta or less right um yeah but, you know, you look at Cologne and it has value against Weezing, like you mentioned. It has value against uh, Manaphy if you're playing the the Amazing Rare Raikou in your list, right? Because, you know, there's combos you can pull off there. So um, It also beats uh, Arceus Duraludon. Like, uh, yeah, Arceus Duraludon, well. a Mill Tank. Like, there's so many potential random uses for the card that that starts to feel like something that is more worth playing than, I don't know... Um, 
I don't know what else, what other option there would really be. <laughs> it just starts yeah, to feel like a good card to, to include if you, you know, if we expect some of this deck to, to show up in Liverpool. Yeah, if I was going to Liverpool, I wouldn't play Lugia personally. But if I had to, like if for some reason I was forced to play Lugia, I would play Canceling Clone, I think, this weekend. Um, just beat all the cheese. Don't have to worry about it. And just like, yeah, you have like, it like, answers like all the cheesy situations. So. so do you think you would still be leaning towards Lost Box uh, Kyogre? Most likely this weekend. I know you probably haven't been prepping like you would normally before regionals because you're not actually going. But you know, just kind of thoughts after playing another tournament with it a couple weekends ago. Um, probably I would play more around with uh, Pablo's Ray build, and then I think Reggie would is also like would be a play would probably those would probably be like my top three to pick from would be like Reggie's, uh, Pablo's Ray deck, and then Lost Box Kyogre, with Lost Box Kyogre being at the top. Uh, for sure. And if you play Lost Box Coward, definitely make sure you get yourself a Dragon IV because that card is super sick um, and I definitely think uh, needs to be included. It's kind of cool because the Dragonite like fixes all of the matchups problems, right? Like, yeah, it makes your Arceus Duraludon matchup actually something that you can win. It's like, you know, same same goes for um, like Lost Zone Gudra. If that's a deck you have to worry about now, right? Like that's a card that'll be good in that matchup um it is good against ice cube because it has shred like there's just a lot of yeah. uses for for the card for sure and at the end of the game you know just randomly you can also just do 250 damage to something to win yeah. which is sometimes <laughs> sometimes all you need is to just do 250 or 280 with a choice belt to to close out the game um, yeah sometimes just hitting hard at the end is all you need yeah so it's a great it's a great card overall so make sure you include it if you play kyogre so you mentioned reggie's you mentioned lost box and i think the question would be probably for a lot of people which, if you want to play a one prize deck, you know, those are obviously the two to go with, even though there's multiple versions of Lost Box. I mean, are we sleeving up Comfy or are we sleeving up Reggie Gigas? What's the move? Um, uh, I think this might come down to a little bit to, to the player. Like, if you have time with Lost Box, I would play a Lost Box build, except for Sable's Art. If you're picking between Reggie's and Sable's Art, play Reggie's. Um, but if you don't have the time or haven't had the time to work on uh playing lost box then i would say go with reggie's for sure like if you're if you're somewhat familiar with reggie's and you don't have as much time to commit to the game before liverpool then go with reggie's for sure i think reggie's is in a pretty solid spot right now i don't think it's gonna really change um there's not a huge target on reggie as far as like lugia decks teching for it um i think people are kind of already feel it feels like people are already kind of set with their dunsparce and manaphy's like either you're a dunsparce manaphy player or you're not um so yeah i would say Rock the Reggies if you got less time, haven't really had time to play around with Lost Box and get familiar with it. Or if you do have the time, then yeah, play some kind of Lost Box for sure. So do you think it's worth going like a more straightforward, consistent route like we see from Darren O'Meara's top eight list, which I think is really similar to your list that you won the tournament with online a couple weeks ago? Do we go just like straightforward, consistent and, you know, more streamlined, which is what I would call this list? Or do you add a couple little texts, which is what we saw from a lot of players like Isaiah Rahul and then Drew Kennett, who got top 16, who was playing um, both the Cape of Toughness and the Lost Vacuum? I guess I would consider the Cape because it feels like every Reggie player might be playing Cape. So you maybe just kind of have to play it to give yourself a chance in the mirror. So I guess maybe rock the Cape. Um... But yeah, I think that would, I don't know if I'd go the vacuum. I don't know if I'd go as far as adding the vacuum in there. The vacuum is nice because it does allow you to beat the Shadow Rider Collapse Stadium combo that basically no one plays. So it's not really like a thing you have to worry about too much. Yeah. Even like we saw in Makani's list, like Makani didn't even or uh, didn't even play the the combo in the Arceus deck, the Arceus, the Cheese Arceus deck. So yeah, I would say 
probably don't need the uh, don't need the vacuum, but you might have to include the cape. I wouldn't want to play the cape because it's not that good. It's good mirror, okay against lost box, but you don't really want to play it because it's just really not that good of a card. You'd rather play just more consistency. So, um, but you might have to include it if every other Reggie player is going to play it. So that's kind of like the question, I guess. Which I don't know where people are kind of at with that, but it does seem like most people are playing it. So you kind of maybe have to. But we did see, like you said, Darren did not play it, right? Right, right. So the one person with like out cape <laughs> yeah, towards the top eight, half yeah. with the Reggies made the top eight. So maybe, maybe no cape is the way. Um, with a little bit of extra consistency, you never know, I guess. So the next question, you've mentioned this deck a couple times, but are any Arceus decks worth playing? And the two main ones to talk about, it feels like, are definitely Makani's Arceus Counters deck with Aerodactyl, Flying Pikachu, Espeon, Empoleon, Drapion, all those things, or Arceus Duraludon, which Grant Shin is a diehard believer in, it feels <laughs> like, at this point after getting top 32 and then top four just a couple weeks later. And, um, uh, I mean, I think for me personally, I I mean, I said this all weekend on the broadcast while we were watching along through the tournament in San Diego was like, um, I think Makani's deck is super, super cool. It's got a lot going on though. And so I wonder if there's a way to take Makani's deck and like narrow it down a little bit because we've got a four, three Arceus and then just 15 one ofs in this deck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There might be a way you have to give up on some matchups if you want to do that. I don't know if you really want to do that. Cause every, yeah. like every tech card you play, it's like two tech cards per matchup. So then you, you don't just win all the matchups, but it gives you a shot. Um, I kind of like the, all the techs that are currently in there. The Yvetal is a little bit interesting. I'm not sure what matchup you're really getting ahead with in with that one, but uh, that one's interesting. I would say that I think Arceus Duraludon is definitely the more consistent choice, and I think the meta is like slowly getting better and better for Arceus Duraludon as well. Oh, say um, it isn't so, Azul. Uh, it is getting better for it. I'm not a huge, a huge fan, but I would say it's actually a solid, a pretty solid play right now, Arceus Duraludon is, so I don't hate... Arceus Duraludon. It really does just come down to what does the what is the Lugia player across from you playing, but I feel like less people are playing the answers to Arceus Duraludon. But if they're bringing the canceling clones all of a sudden, you might be in you might be in trouble. It's true. Canceling clone does get the job done. So it kind of depends on always what the what the like there's nothing you can't really tech for the Lugia players. You play your two parasols, you try and get them on your Duraludon V Maxes, and you kind of hope that they don't have a an aggressive answer to them or an answer to like two of your Duraludon, so... I mean, I don't um, know. Duraludon doesn't have an amazing Lost Box Ray matchup, which is the most popular way for people to play Lost Box, right? And then, does it even have a good Lost Box Kyogre matchup now that Kyogre should have Dragonite in the deck, right? Does that... Dragonite does make things tough. Um, I think Arceus Duraludon players should start to play Lost City, though. Like, that should be like a... You can add those to make things a little bit harder for the Lost Box players. Um, we saw Lesage was actually playing... The Lost Cities. Uh, Grant Shen wasn't, but I, <laughs> it's one of the cards Grant Shen says that they uh, wish that they had played with some uh, Lost Cities. Um, so I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier. If you're still getting one hit KO, there's nothing you can do about that and you will just kind of lose. Um, but like Ray is not like there is the Ray build. There's a Kyogre build. They have the Dragon Knights. I, I mean, like I said, the Lost Box matchups are like they're not. It's not terrible. Like if you just play for Marnie and throw Marnie at them over and over again, you just kind of hope that they don't get right. the, the one hit KO. Um, so I guess I probably would like, say I would also say like probably play for Marnie in Arc Duraludon as well. And not all I know not all lists are playing four right now, but probably for the sake of your uh, lost box matchup, play four 
it'll make it that matchup a, a little bit better. And you kind of beat up on some of the builds, like you beat up on Sablezard um, and builds like that. So other builds of Lost Box, you do just kind of beat up on. So that's kind of cool, I guess, for it. But yeah, I mean, the raid build can be tough, but I mean, uh, Grant did take down Pablo in top uh, top eight, I believe. Despite Pablo's mistake, I don't think Pablo would have been able to win that matchup. Um, so, you know. I think uh, Pablo actually impossible. was going to win game two because he had the extra he had the fifth different type of energy in deck like he yeah no but even even if he got the ko i don't think he had enough gas left to close it out it was getting um, low yeah and that is true yeah so like yeah i mean like the right players they need a lot like they don't need to do the, just the one hit ko once because it's pretty easy for you to set up to uh it's pretty easy for you to set up both your v maxes and then to get the ray one hit ko back to back while you're marting them can be pretty tough to pull off to be honest I don't know. Maybe the mat, the meta is setting up all right for Arc Duraludons. <laughs> this is the closest to a positive comment I've ever heard Azul give for Arceus Duraludon. Um, but a deck we have not talked about yet that actually did get second place in San Diego and probably is Arceus Duraludon's worst matchup of the meta decks is Mew VMAX. Mew is kind of in an interesting spot, I feel like, in the meta. It's been the second most played deck for every single tournament, but it has been decreasing in meta share. Its finishes have not been the best in this format overall, and it feels like more and more of the people, you know, the top quote-unquote top players who have been playing the deck have moved away from the Mew as the format has moved on. Are we at a point now where things are coming back around to where Mew is feeling a little better? I feel like for... San Diego and Arlington, the Mew Believers were kind of off it because Dra Drapion was pretty highly anticipated. Um, are we kind of coming back around, though? Is is, is Mew starting to feel like a, a better play, potentially, especially after seeing Nathan Ginsburg get second place? Um, I think it probably, yeah, it probably just like has to do with how much Drapion there is, right? So I think a lot of people were scared. I mean, there wasn't, it was still like the second most popular deck of the tournament, right? It was still like 11% or something. Yeah. I think it was even a lower percent at, um, Lower percent played at... No, I might be wrong on that. Might have been higher percent played at... Uh, yeah, I think it's but... right around 11-12 is what, what it's been. Yeah, Drapion stocks uh, or stocks aren't super high, so I don't expect it to be super popular, which means I think Mew's like pretty solid right now in the format. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a ton of Drapion. It's kind of about... Um, there's really no reason for there to be. It's mostly out of most of the Lugia builds. I know Riley still played it um uh, sablezard is like the worst build of lost box right now which is the only build that consistently played the drapion rayquaza can one hit ko mew uh but it's pretty tough to do uh and if you have the what's it called on your bench they need five energy or to clean it up with sable or set up with sable beforehand if they have the orcorio down so i think mew and then you can roxanne them um so i think mew is actually like pretty good against ray it's really bad against kyogre lost box but you're pretty good against ray so um, and even then, your Kyogre matchup isn't terrible. I think it's just like Kyogre's like reasonably favored. So, um, yeah, I think Mew is kind of. And if you could even you could even add in like a tech for that matchup if you really wanted to, right? Like we saw Xander Perot's build, the uh, advanced technology Mew is what Xander called it. It has a Manaphy in there, and then the biggest card I think is that it has the one one Aerodactyl in the list. Uh, and the biggest exclusion I would say from the list is there's no cross switches. But I think the bigger exclusion is there's no choice belt in the list. Yeah. Um, but there's a big charm. And I think actually the big charm is pretty good. It's good against Mew. It's good on the Mew to stop Lugia from one hit KOing on you, one hit KOing you, and it's also good against Reggie's. Like Reggie Gigas can't one hit KO you. 
you've got a big charm on your Mew, which is actually uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big to gain like one extra turn in that matchup while you have like Lost Cities going and stuff, getting rid of their getting rid of their Reggies. So yeah, I think Mew's actually in a pretty solid. Like it, as far as Mew goes in this format, I think Mew's actually in a pretty solid spot overall. Now, if you're rolling up with the Mew, are you rolling up with the advanced technology? Are we are we rocking the Aerodactyl and the Manaphy in the deck? I do think that if the Kyogre player does not know you have Manaphy, that is like a card that can swing the matchup for you, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I haven't played any. With, if I was going to play Mew, I would definitely play something like that, for sure. I yeah. Maybe just take, you play if just I was going to play list. Mew. Yeah. Uh, I would probably play Xander's. Like I'd probably play Xander's build if I was going to play Mew. Um, but then we yeah, we saw <clears throat> it did get second second place. Nathan uh, Nathan Ginsburg, which is a more um, uh, I won't say traditional. I guess yeah, more more uh, more what you would expect in this right. current meta. The the cross switchers, uh, path cities. Uh, I guess the one thing that you don't see very often there was a collapse stadium in there, which is like really good against the lost box matchups. The collapse stadium is. Uh, besides that, it really is like the judge the judge path Mew. One of parasol in there as well um and down to one choice belt so uh getting closer to the no choice belt <laughs> where xander was at so yeah more more what you'd expect from the mew that did get uh second place but if i was to play mew at a tournament i would definitely play something like what xander's got i think for sure just to play something cheesy yeah i mean i feel like mew's actually pretty favorably positioned right now i think it does fine into lugia i think it probably does fine into the vikavolt deck um if they well I don't know. I think like Gibby played it really well. And if people, you know, want, if they're wanting to play the Vikavolt deck and they want to know what to do in the Mew matchup, I think you watch Gibby's game, right? <laughs> you just try to go yeah. 2 2 2 or 2 3 2, whatever works, right? Where you go Raiko, take something out, or Drapion, take something out, and then, you know, Ditto V into whichever one of those two attackers they didn't lost zone and do it again, right? Yeah. It's kind of it definitely strat. seems, uh, with the list that Gibby played specifically, there's no vacuum in it like Krekler had, which I think is actually a really big deal for winning that matchup because at the end of the game, they can Roxanne you plus path. So if you don't have a way to get to bump the stadium, you just kind of lose. Uh, there's only one training court in this list for <laughs> for Gibby. So, uh, and you can't find that off Mew. So I'm actually, um, the vacuum actually seems like a pretty good inclusion to help for the Mew matchup, to be honest. So actually, I, I haven't watched the finals yet. I do plan to watch it on stream as soon as I'm not sick. So hopefully later today, because this will be going up Tuesday, tomorrow for right now. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it ended up being played out because I feel like there is an opportunity to just kind of go Roxanne path and maybe shut them out of the game. But depends on depends on how the attackers get set up on uh, Gibby's side. But yeah, with only the training court as a stadium bump, paths can be pretty rough to deal with when you have to use Drapion and you're trying to use Ditto at some point to recover an attacker. So I'm interested to see how things will play out uh, in Liverpool. I guess we should we can quickly talk about just some of the other decks, right? That made day two. Um, we've talked about Lugia, Lost Box, Reggie's Arceus, and Mew. But if we look at the other five decks that made day two in San Diego, we've got uh, Vikavolt, which which we did talk about. So we've got four decks. <laughs> we've got Palkia. Hasuian Gudra V-Star, Eternatus, and one Mad Lad with the origin form Dialga V-Star in day two. Um, I don't know. Of those four, Azul, let's, why don't we do this? Why don't we rank the four? Like it the most as a play, 
dislike it the most as a play? What's what's the most likable as a play for Liverpool this weekend in your mind of those four? So is it Diaga, Gudra, Eternatus, and... Palkia. Okay, so I think Palkia would be number one, and then it would be Dialga, then Gudra, and then Eternatus, I think would be my number four. Do not play Eternatus unless you're like okay with going 0-4, like unless you're going to have fun going 0-4. I think the Eternatus Weezing is actually a terrible deck. I think it's literally awful. You're unfavored against Lugia, and you're unfavored against... Well, you're unfavored against Kyogre Lost Box. The other builds of Lost Box, you have a little bit better of a time. Um, but yeah, your Lugia matchup is just unfavorable. I think like pretty solidly, like it's like 60, 40 or something Lugia. So yeah, do not play turn into Weezing. <laughs> if you want to play Weezing deck, just play quad Weezing. It's so much better. You go from unfavored against Lugia to auto winning Lugia. So pretty big difference. Azul's uh, hatred from, uh, Azul's hatred for Arceus Duraladon has passed on to, <laughs> to, turn to Eternatus for, the, for this week, at least. We'll see what his opinions are after Liverpool next weekend. But yeah, I mean, Gujra's kind of cool. I don't think it's great, but you can stand up against enough of the decks in the format. It's not a, uh, next cool deck, though, um, despite the, the Sosa's uh, doing pretty well with it in day two. Um, and then, uh, what Dialga actually seems like I don't know Dialga might be some kind of like sleeper deck to be honest I don't know maybe Dialga is like actually pretty uh, pretty decent I'm not sure yeah Derek Schwartz got what top 32 with it uh, they were close they were like up there for a little bit going into the later rounds right uh, to potentially even make push for like a top eight finish um, and then I think yeah Palkia is still I think Palkia is still solid Palkia is still solid we saw a couple decent finishes out of players at uh, at San Diego with that as well. So yeah, I'd pick Palkia as my number one if I had to pick between, if I was picking between those four for sure. I just went over to Derek's Twitter and the very first thing on his page after his pin tweet, which is obviously the top thirty two finish with Dialga. Um, his his most recent tweet from today is Dialga versus Lugia, and it's a twit longer. And the very first line is Lugia is not a good matchup is the very first line. <laughs> so Derek recognized the situation. I actually think I saw Derek posted this funny <laughs> meme from Discord or something, he says, uh, of Origin Form Dialga facing up against all of the matchups, and it's like Lost Box, unfavored. Lugia, unfavored. Reggie's, never lose. Like, Reggie's is <laughs> an insanely good matchup, I feels like, for Dialga, because Reggie's cannot one-shot you, and you, at some point in the game, will just take two turns in a row. And so you would just yeah. automatically get ahead in the prize trade, assuming you can pull off a turn to attack, right? Which you is can not take super hard the for the deck. Yeah, and you have two Averys, so you can take five of their, right. or four of their Reggies out of play in one turn. And then Mew, unfavored. Arc Duraludon, unfavored. Other, prob <laughs> probably fine. Gudra, favored. Okay, Arceus Dex, unfavored. Palkia, unfavored. Eternatus, because it's a bad deck, favored. And then uh, Giratina V-Star on here for some reason, unfavored. Um, so, I mean, can you really roll up two originals in this current <laughs> format with a deck that even the the dialga prophet himself is saying uh does not have the best matchups into the field i mean i'd rather go oh four with dialga than oh four with uh wheezing eternatus because it's a lot more fun <laughs> to be playing dialga than wheezing eternatus ascension i get knocked out okay game's over uh, I think at least with dialga me, you get to use uh star chronos i think for me if i'm ranking those four decks that we just mentioned i'm going to be a pretty similar lineup to you i'm definitely saying palkia number one it's just probably of those four the most well-rounded deck right um and then 
I would go Gudra over Dialga. Just swap those two, and then Eternatus last for me personally, because. Um, I mean, as someone who played so much Mega Rayquaza back in the day, and Eternatus obviously has so many parallels to to Mega Rayquaza, it's just Eternatus just isn't it. It just really isn't. <laughs> Not that. Nope. I think that's gonna do it for Liverpool, though. Um, I don't know any other thoughts, any other decks you want to mention or shout out that you've like seen people talk about or that you've thought of the last week or so. Anything else you think we could see pop up in Liverpool? Not that I can think of. I think we pretty much covered everything. I think the 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 format in general is pretty narrow. Um, yeah, I think how do the you feel about this format right now overall, and the fact that we get Crown Zenith and that's it for like the next three months? It's gonna be pretty unfortunate. It's gonna be a good old Darkness Ablaze into Vivid Voltage format where I said it might be even worse because I feel like there's less cool decks to play with. It's just like thirty percent of the mo- uh, the meta for every major tournament is Lugia. And then nothing else really. There's a Lost Box, Mew, Reggie, and that's kind of it. And then and everything else under that is like not great, but it's like okay, a, a decent amount of fringe decks, I guess. But Lugia just constantly being thirty percent of the meta is kind of exhausting. Yeah, whenever there's just one deck that's that high. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe if the for as the format continues, like if we see this trend continue on, where Lugia makes like one or two top eight spots for the next like three tournaments. Maybe we'll see one of these tournaments dip under 20% Lugia. I don't think we're Good. probably ever going to, we might see it get to around 20%, but I, I think it's unlikely we'll see a dip under that throughout the rest of yeah. this like format until rotation. I think happens. It, yeah. I think we'll probably stay close to 30 for the rest of the time. Unless crown scene, it does bring like a couple new decks, which is definitely possible. Crown Zenith could definitely bring... Rotom V-Star, um, baby! <laughs> it definitely could bring a couple new decks, potentially. I don't think so. Maybe just some stuff with Radiant Eternatus. Yeah. Maybe just one deck, if any decks. So, not too much is probably going to change. We'll see. And the set, like we mentioned at the beginning, does come out this Friday. And we're going to be trying to... I mean, I'm I'm going to try to play some. Azul, I know, is definitely going to be playing a bunch. Um, yep. So that way, next week, we can give kind of our first thoughts on some of those new cards because we're both excited anytime there's new pokemon sets coming out we're always excited to try the new different fun things but from there we can move on to everyone's favorite segment of the cast guess that flavor text where this week it is my turn to pick a card for azul to guess what pokemon it is that's right so i will read the uh, flavor text from the bottom corner of a Pokemon card. Azul has to guess what Pokemon that card is featuring. Um, he does get three lifelines to use, potentially. The lifelines are what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and read an attack name. If you don't use any life point lifelines, you get four points. If you do, you get one less point for each lifeline that you use. Um, I think the current score is me up to Azul, you know, down to. So there's a chance you could jump ahead here. (laughs) I think there's only been like one time, though, that one of us has gotten more than one single point. I don't think it's ever happened. I think we've only ever gotten ones. I I feel like there was a two in there somewhere, but I can't remember for sure. Regardless, I've got my card picked out. And if Azul, if you're ready, we can get into it. I'm ready. Hit me with the chip. All right. Blanks droppings are hot. So people used to put them in their clothes to keep themselves warm. I know what Pokemon this is, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> it's the um it's the fire Pokemon that evolves from the uh 
the it's like a snow monkey. Um, it looks like a monkey. Um, but if we Obama, it's not Obama snow. Dude, I know what it is. I but how are you? I, I'm stuck here. I know what Pokemon it is, but I don't remember the name. That's it's, kind of an important part. Yeah, so I'll read it, it one more time is, for anyone oh. listening along at home, real quick. Blanks yeah. droppings are hot, so people used to put them in their clothes to keep themselves warm. It's the basic of. I can I can remember the evolution. The evolution is like uh, it looks like a snow, like a it looks like a, a yeti kind of. I don't remember the name of the Pokemon. Uh, the basic is called. What is the basic called? What is the name of the basic? Maybe this is so hard to. Lifelines, you you no, because I that's not gonna help me remember the name though. I know the Pokemon. I just don't know the name. Well, we're gonna need to guess at some point, Azul. I guess we never like thought about what happened in these situations where I, I bro. Know what do Pokemon. you mean we never thought about what I happened? Pick. You you don't get a point if you don't guess the Pokemon. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you know what, what is it the looks name like. of the Pokemon. Oh my gosh! Oh hey, let me think about it for a second. It looks like a. It looks like a. Oh. What is its name? I'm stuck. I can't even think about like a letter in its name. It's like a fire snow Pokemon. Kind of. I can't remember its name at all. Oh, wait. Darmanitan. And then the, the pre-evolution of Darmanitan is... Darmanitan is the evolution. And the pre-evolution of Darmanitan is... No, what is it? Darmanitan is the evolution, though. <clears throat> Darmanitan is a Pokemon, yes. Yeah, but Darmanitan is not the Pokemon. It's the evolution of Darmanitan. The pre-evolution, the basic. All right, I guess I'll use one of my lifelines here because I'm eating up so much time trying to remember what the name of the one. What stage is the Pokemon? It is a basic. Race, basic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Darmanitan... Pre-evolution of Darmanitan is what is it? I can't <laughs> Bro, remember we what it put is. A timer on or something. I here. know that's what I'm saying, but I can't remember it. Uh... I'm putting 30 seconds on a clock. <sighs> I'll put him. Well, until I use the other line. I'll give you a minute. Yeah, All give right. me a minute. <laughs> Darmanitan and minute going down. Ready, set, go. Darmanitan, a smaller Darmanitan. <laughs> What if Dude, it's what is though? what? What if it's what not if it's Darmanitan? Darmanitan? No, it is Darmanitan. Well, it's not Darmanitan because uh, it's a basic. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's a pre-evolution of Darmanitan. Theoretically. No, it is. <laughs> I just don't remember its name. Darmanitan. Thirty seconds. I don't even... I can't remember, dude. I remember what it looks like. It's in my head. No, no. I can't believe I'm throwing away these points. Um... <laughs> Darmanitan. You might as well use your lifelines because you're about to get zero. Yeah, what is its attack? Give me an attack name. Fire breathing. Fire breathing. Darmanitan evolves. Ten seconds. Uh, evolves from. Dude, I can't I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, uh uh Darmaku. <laughs> Darmaku. Darmaku. Alright. Darmaku. Darmaku. That I, I don't know. We're gonna need some that was help. right. His name is Darumaka, not Darumaka. Dar yeah, <laughs> Darmaku. That's good enough. That's close <laughs> enough. 
I don't know. I think we Arumaka. might need to, we need some help from no! the comments here. I mean, Azul, I don't know. You knew what the Pokemon was. You didn't know its name. You got Darmaku instead of Darumaka. Darmaku, Darumaka. It's not super similar. I don't know. That's pretty close. That's a three-point swing, though. That's a... No, I, I used two lifelines. You did use okay, so it's a two. -pointer. I did use two lifelines. Yeah, that's a two pointer. You know what? I think we'll I think we'll give it to you for sure. <laughs> All that's right, fair. Dude. you knew you knew uh, what it was. You did know I what it was. Knew what it was. The important thing, but I will just oh ask gosh. moving forward. You remember this generosity from me right now? All right, I will remember. <laughs> it does it does evolve into a Darmanitan, Stop right? It. I had that right too. It does evolve into Darmanitan. But you were thinking of the snow version. It There's like a Galarian form of it. So there's Gal Galarian Darmanitan and Galarian Darumaka. Dude, that was killing me that I couldn't remember the name. Darumaka's hard to remember, though. Who would remember that? But I actually, I was I was there at the end. I don't even know where that came from, too. I was just like thinking. Darmaku. <laughs> It's gonna if they ever come up with a, a stage two for Darmanitan, it's gonna be Darmaku now, just for you. Yeah. All right. Sorry for taking so long for everyone who's listening or watching. <laughs> I, I did my best. <laughs> hey, we're we'll tied up part now. Of that out. We're tied up. You, so we are tied up now. We'll give you. You'll have your shot to pull out. You thought I wouldn't know that one, but I have the little uh uh redeem uh, flavor text on my my channel for a while now. That's one that people keep redeeming is Darumaka. <laughs> Dang but bro. i didn't remember the name dang so you're like right. getting to study and stuff i don't get that well they don't use it too often but sometimes when i'm streaming they'll they'll uh but it's always like the same one it's like I the do same have to one give a shout out before we move on that one came from uh that was a suggestion from a listener and a friend from alex wilson suggested this one for you but yeah. and you almost suggestions didn't get it. are almost didn't it was close <clears throat> but now both the, the couple times they've been suggested, I think we've always got it because you got the Crocorock <laughs> that one time. Somehow you got Crocorock. Oh, dude, that was the best spike of all time for sure. That was insane. You applied um, like all of your Pokey knowledge for that one. You're like, all right, it's a dark Pokemon. What is a dark Pokemon? But it's also a fighting Pokemon. Oh, the Crocorock. Oh, I guess. All right, let's go with Crocorock. Like, what? That was insane. <laughs> it worked out. And that one, you know, the fact that I knew what set it was helped me. All right. Yeah, exactly. Moving All right, move on, us along. Let's go ahead and let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on from there into the new era of the Pokemon TCG. Scarlet and Violet base set cards have been revealed. And initial reactions, they're okay, right? I don't think there's anything in here that feels like it's going to be incredibly meta shifting there are some good cards most of them are trainers though um and i think that that could be indicative of an intention to like scale things back but also at the same time when you think back to like past base sets it's usually like one or two cards end up being pretty good and then the rest of them are trainers and then other than that a lot of the pokemon don't feel like they end up being super strong like if you think back to sword and shield base set right we got zashin v that was pretty good and then we got yeah. lapras v max snorlax v max um what stone jorner v max these cards were all okay but none of them were amazing right maybe and yeah. and even before that if we think back to sun and moon base sets we got like solgaleo gx lunala gx Tauros GX was probably one of the better ones. 
that was really good for a while. Um, mm. Other than that, nothing really. I mean, Espeon, I guess Espeon GX was really good. Umbreon GX was okay. I don't know. Um, is is this something that people should be worried about? The fact that there doesn't feel like there's anything like game-breaking in this new set? Uh, probably not. We're also getting hit with rotation at the same time, something you have to remember. Thankfully, because if we didn't get hit with rotation, we'd probably have nine months of Lugia dominance. So thankfully, we're getting hit with rotation. Um, that's actually weird. Like, Lugia won't probably see a World Championships. Maybe, right? No, yeah. Like, that's actually... That's, like, crazy to think. One of the most powerful, like, combination of the cards ever, Lugia Archeops, might not be played at Worlds. Uh, maybe it will, though. We'll see how the how it shakes out after rotation and what other special energy we get. You yeah, know, there the will be more sets, sets there. before Worlds, right? Yeah, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I guess, like, I've never really thought about that before, but maybe, yeah, maybe that is what they try and do with the base sets is kind of lay the groundwork for a lot of the supporting casts in the form of the trainer cards, Nest Ball, Ultra Ball, uh, stuff like that that we're getting, and then they kind of build from there with the, the Pokemon they give us in the future sets, uh, building up throughout the uh, the rest of the block or the rest of the year, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't, besides Guard Force, it doesn't seem like anything's too powerful um, overall, but we can go ahead and take a look at the some of the cards today we're not gonna look at all of them but most of the ones that we think are interesting um first one is arma rogue <clears throat> is there anything else you want to say I about think? this armor rouge did i get that right i think it's armor rouge how do you spell rogue and i know that's always a big thing is how you spell <laughs> rogue <laughs> with the, i think that is how spell. you spell rogue maybe it is armor rogue i've always just thought it was armor rouge i think it's armor rouge that makes more sense. No, that's not how you spell rogue. Rogue is G U, not U G C, oh, right? Okay, Armor okay. Rouge. Um, uh, yeah. So Armor Rouge, it's a stage one fire Pokemon. As often as you like during your turn, you may move a fire energy attached to one of your benched Pokemon to your active. It's got 130 HP. And it's got the attack Flame Cannon for Fire Fire Colors. 90 damage. Your opponent's active is now burned. So it's all about that ability, of course, moving fire energy from the bench to the active. And we will we we still do still have Magma Basin right after. Yeah rotation so armor rouge plus magma basin plus fire attacker i don't think we get any good fire attackers in this set to be fully relying on like everything we have currently in the format but that's a really good ability when you combo it with magma basin for sure yeah i mean fire theoretically has some insane stuff some insane Rapid options ash. right now i mean magma basin just one of the best stadium cards ever energy acceleration yeah. on a stadium <laughs> insane the fact that it's not being played right now is crazy, and it's all because there's just no incredible fire Pokemon. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't think this is a card that's going to be good right now, but I think this is a card to remember it exists when some busted fire Pokemon comes out next year or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, we saw Rap Rapidash is like another thing to talk to with that. It's like, mm -hmm. we have Rapidash, discard fire energy, do 30 more damage. Yes. And it's just not good. I don't know if you'll be playing both of those in the same deck. Maybe you could do like a 2-2 two -two of each, to be honest, in a, in a deck. But yeah, an insane ability... And, and that's synergy, though. <laughs> Discard the energy with Rapidash, accelerate it with Magma Basin, move it with the Armor Rouge. Oh, insane. <laughs> insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. So we'll need some more Fire Pokemon. We'll have to see at the future sets uh, down the line. Uh, up next, we got the Gyarados EX Stage 1, 300 HP. I didn't think they were going to be doing the Stage 1 EXs like this. That's a lot of HP. Because the Arcanine. The other one we've only seen so far, I think, is the the one that only that I can think of on top of my head is the Arcanine. How much and HP does the Arcanine have? Lucario. Arcanine's got 280. Lucario has. I think Lucario had 260. And then some of the other 
EX stage ones that we'll talk about in a little bit, like Spide Ops and stuff like that. I think they have 260-ish around there. So, yeah. so 300 it's, HP. It's a beefy that's, boy. That's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> that's a lot. But if you're not doing very much damage, it's not going to matter. So let's take a look at the attacks. Uh, water, water, water. 100 damage, and then water, 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 colorless, colorless um, for 180 Plus 180 more if your opponent's active Pokemon already has any damage counters on it. So you're doing 360, 370 with the damage already there at the very least. You're basically one hit KOing anything with that second attack. Water, 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 double colors. That's a lot of energy, though. Yeah, yeah. Does Frostmoth survive rotation? No. I don't know. No. So that might be tough to set up and actually utilize. But if you do get there, you are one hit KOing anything. And then, of course, we got to talk about this. It's got the effect ability whatever the ter uh, terrestrial attribute this pokemon doesn't take any damage from attacks while on the bench so this basically i think confirms our biggest fears that the terrestrial attribute of what is it territorialization or whatever from the vgc terrestrialization from the vgc which is like allows pokemon to change their types which would have been cool to see in the tcg where you had like a gyarados that was like a terrestrialization of it and it was like a fire type or i don't know like that would have been cool to see right um yeah but instead we have a water gyarados that is that has the terrestrial attribute and it just protects itself while it's on the bench from damage which is which is what we were afraid was going to be the outcome of it i think uh that was basically what um the uh the video uh, talking about the uh terrestrial attribute was hinting at right was that it was just going to be bench barrier for that pokemon which unfortunately looks like that is what all the terrestrial attributes are going to be on all the pokemon so it seems like such a wasted mechanic right oh an insane waste like such there's so many things that they could have theoretically done we could have gotten multiple different types of multiple cards we could have gotten something similar to the delta species mechanic of old and we still could get something, right, like trainer cards that interact with Terrastal Pokemon specifically. Like, maybe there will be some sort of tool that will change a Terrastal Pokemon's typing. That's a possibility, I guess. But the as of right now, like, if this is it, this is massively disappointing. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, you think about, because every single Pokemon video game has a unique mechanic, and then every single time the Pokemon TCG tries to align itself with that mechanic um, in some way, right? So yeah. in like X and Y, they got Mega Evolutions. And so we got Mega Evolutions in the Pokemon TCG, which ended up, you know, there ended up being a lot of pretty solid Megas by the time uh, X and Y was said and done. Uh, in Sun and Moon, it was Z-Moves. Z-Moves were never really the best in the TCG. We got those, like, Z-Crystal tool cards. I don't think any of them were ever that good, so that one was a little bit of a miss, it feels like. Um, Sword and Shield was Gigantamax, or uh, Dynamaxing, and that one was just pretty much V-Maxes, and, yep. you know, they looked different, some of them. So, I mean, that one's okay. There's no special attribute, but, like, this is the most boring one of all it's just the pokemon it's regular type and it gets a bench it gets like a third thing built in right like because every pokemon will yeah. have usually like two things either one ability and one attack or two attacks something like that so this gets a third thing built in but if all of them like it would have been i think it would this would have been okay if each terrastal ability or terrastal attribute was like different depending on what type yeah. it was like that's at least something it's very similar to an old mechanic in the ancient traits, but that's at least something. This is just kind of like 
this is boring. This is so boring. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely very boring. Um, and yeah, I mean, this does kind of hint at maybe they're. This does does feel like they're not going to give us bench barrier. Is the way that kind of feels. But I guess we won't know for a little while because Manaphy doesn't rotate till next year, right? Next rotation, not the coming up rotation. Um, I think theoretically so we'll have... Manaphy survives two rotations, actually, because... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Bench Barrier, and then we also have these Pokemon that just can't be hit on the bench. Like, it's such a waste. It's insane. It's crazy. And also, we usually have had Bench Barrier. One, we, uh, us, in, you know, us outside of Japan, have lost Bench Barrier for a time between Mew and Manaphy, but Japan... Who their their format is what the game is built around, and theoretically we're going to be on par with them for the format from here on out. Hopefully, um, that's what it seems like is maybe going to happen. Um, they they never lost bench barrier. They went from Mew right into Manaphy. The right when they lost Manaphy, Mew they had Manaphy. So if they're just going to keep us having bench barrier and have this stupid ability, and then they made it to protect your Pokemon on the bench, it's just it's just I don't know. It's just such a waste. It's such a why even have it. I mean, it feels Manaphy, like they like had to put it in the game, and then they were like, "Well, we don't want to like work too hard on this. Let's just give them extra bench barrier." Yeah, Manaphy is an F block card, so it will be around for a while. It, it's not gonna like because theoretically they'll rotate out one block each year. Now, there's nothing to say they can't rotate two blocks, right? If they want to go sooner to um, Scarlet and Violet on, say in the 2024 yeah. season, they definitely could do that. Um, but for now, will. if if, if we're keeping on par with what we've seen from the last few years. It will likely be Manaphy is going to be around for a couple of years. So yeah, definitely very disappointing. Um, hopefully there's something else to come. That's all I'll say is like, you know, hopefully there's some trainers or tool cards or supporters, like just something that interacts with Terrastal to make it more interesting than just bench barrier for everything. Yeah. That's super disappointing. Cause we saw the first one on Arcanine. And then I think I saw it first on Twan Lay's Twitter where they were like hinted at, uh from what they translated from uh the the like the video that was released in japanese that it sounds like all terrestrial is just gonna always just gonna be the the bench protection which sucks if that's gonna be the they bring this cool new mechanic i was super hyped for it i don't care if some of them had it like i was like excited that arcanine had that but i was hoping that the other ones once you saw other pokemon with the terrestrial uh, attribute that they would give you something besides bench barrier but it looks like that is not the case We'll keep it moving here. Um, I'm kind of curious because I've played the video game, so I've seen like pretty much all of these Pokemon. Uh, Azul has not, though, so he might be seeing some of these Pokemon for the first time yeah. looking at some of these cards. Uh, let's look at the Wiglet and the Wug Trio. Azul, you got any big thoughts on Wiglet and Wug Trio compared to Diglet and Doug Trio? <laughs> no, I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was a water Pokemon, though. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know they were underwater. It's I, like the a... first one I saw was a picture of it on the beach or something, I thought, so... Yeah, I mean, the sand is right near the water, right? I mean, no, they're, they're chill. They're definitely chill. <laughs> so there's two Wiglets. The one I'm going to talk about just has a colorless attack. Flip a coin. If heads, discard the top card of your opponent's deck, and it evolves into Wug Trio for three colorless. Sea Tunneling. Flip three coins for each heads. Discard the top three cards of your opponent's deck. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Azul? <laughs> I mean, probably not better than Durant for right now, but maybe in the future this will be the go-to mill deck. It's funny that the the Wiglet's attack name, uh, what's currently translated as, uh, is called Dig a Bit. <laughs> it just so it's a, it's definitely a, and the other one's Sea Tunneling. Dig so the, a lit, dig a bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
so wug trios going hard with the sea tunneling where you know wiglet's putting in a little bit of effort with you know just digging just a little bit you know he's not tunneling too much just a little bit you know just getting his uh his uh, quota in and then he's uh, checking out for the day <laughs> We've got Dondozo and Tatsugiri. These Pokemon are really big in VGC. So the way they interact in VGC, Azul, because I know you probably don't know, um, is uh, Tatsugiri's ability says that whenever it is on the field next to a Dondozo, the Tatsugiri hops into the Dondozo's mouth. And then it becomes like, like if you look at the Dondozo card, you see yeah. Tatsugiri is in its mouth. And then its its ability is called Commander. So Dondozo is like a really strong power Pokemon with high stats, but it doesn't know how to use them very well. So when Tatsugiri hops into Dondozo's mouth, it gains a bunch of stat boosts to make it even stronger. Okay. Um, but yeah, and Dondozo's attack here in the TCG, Vent Wrath for two colorless, 50 times. This attack does 50 damage for each Tatsugiri in your discard pile so i mean that's a good amount of damage for two colorless and it's not super hard to achieve getting um four tatsugiri in the discard pile i don't feel like yeah shouldn't be too difficult and then yeah the tatsugiri uh 70 hp got the preparations for a water energy search deck for up to two basic water energy attachment to one of your bench pokemon then shuffle your deck so a little bit of a setup for your don dozo but yeah we'll have uh, we will lose twin energy when this comes out. Um, yeah. So that'll be like the biggest loss. But I guess you got your Tatsugiri setting up your Dondozos. It might work. I mean, 200 damage every single turn on a one prize Pokemon isn't bad, especially with 160 HP. Yeah. So a good meme deck, I think, to look forward to. Yeah, nothing crazy there. Uh, we talked about Gardevoir a couple of weeks ago, so we won't go into too much depth of it here. If you want to hear our thoughts there, we did talk about it a couple weeks ago, like I mentioned. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this this card seems like it's going to be really strong, letting you accelerate psychic energy, and then, you know, it just depends on what psychic attackers you're pairing with it. Yeah. Uh, I think the next one to talk about, just briefly for a second here, is the Doxbun. It's got the ability Well-Baked Body. <laughs> Prevent all damage on this Pokemon by attack from your opponent's fire Pokemon. We've seen an ability like this be relevant uh, on the Spinarak in the like the control deck at Worlds, the year that Henry won. A Rack went um, bro. Yeah, so you could beat... What was the deck you were trying to beat with that? It was Blacephalon. Okay, or Blacephalon or something. Yeah. So like for control decks, if fire Pokemon become a Tier 1 deck... You know, the Dox Bun with well, the well baked body. More recently, Lucario Melmetal with the Bronzong, right? And then there's a Bronzong. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah. Bronzong in the format currently as well with the heat proof ability. Why is there Why is there always Pokemon with an ability that stops Fire Pokemon from being able to hit it when Fire Pokemon haven't been good for forever? Like, what is this? Well, it has um, to do yeah. with what it does in the video game. <laughs> you know, it's like it all goes back. And this is, is actually, to, yeah, this is similar to what its ability is in the video game as well. Oh. So the video the video game is ruining the TCG. Okay, so if we need someone to blame, we can blame video game. All okay, right, all right. Uh, but yeah, I am yeah. I do like seeing like, cool abilities like this, like existing, like just like even if it's just like might never be good, like that existing is just like more Pokemon with like abilities like this that exist are cool. So yeah, the Dox Bun sometime in the future when Fire Pokemon are good, who knows when that'll be, but it could happen, right? Uh, we've got a Stage One Lucario here, not the. EX, just a regular Lucario. For one fighting, it has Vengeful Knuckles, 30+. plus. If any of your fighting Pokemon were knocked out by damage from an attack during your opponent's Pokemon, by your opponent's Pokemon during their last turn, this attack does 120 more damage, so 150, you know, if we're going times two. So, like, this is something that can theoretically be a response for you. And, you know, if you're playing a Lucario EX deck, maybe you want to play one of these guys. It seems like okay. Yeah. Yo, yeah, that's kind of cool that you can actually play that alongside the EX now. I forgot about that because they both evolve out of Riolu. So that oh, actually be a cool thing to... 
yeah, and something else we should think to mention as well is that any of these stage one EXs can be grabbed out with Zoark <laughs> from Evolving Skies. You can oh, just yeah. have them in your discard pile and then Zoark them into play. It is a stage one, yeah. I don't know if that's better oh. than just putting the basic into play and then <laughs> evolving it, but it is something you can do. Yeah, you'll have extra. It'll be a, yeah, you have some extra flexibility with that for sure. Uh, a really cool card coming out, which is unfortunate that it's coming out as Scoop Up Net rotates, is the Halucha with the flying entry ability. It's a basic 70 HP, so you can level ball for it. Flying entry when you place Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn. You may choose two of your opponent's bench Pokemon and put one damage counter on each of them. So similar to Zigzagoon, but it can only hit bench Pokemon, but it can hit two. But Scoop Up Net is rotating, but I still think this is a super strong ability overall, and it will definitely see play at some point like some deck will just be like you know what i'm always short by 10 damage on that one bench pokemon aha halucha you know yeah it'll kind of fill that void so definitely will be good you know at some point in its lifespan and standard for sure and probably just a good one of inclusion in some lost box or like other spread deck in general right something with sableye yeah. um I you combo think... that with, with sableye yeah that'd be great yeah i don't think that this will be nearly as played as zigzagoon and mostly because of scoop of net rotating i think if we get something similar to scoop of net then maybe it would be played again, but, um, and I think that if this stayed with Scoop of Net, or, like, if this existed in the format right now, we would see <laughs> very few people playing Zigzagoon, and most people would be playing this card instead. Like, this yeah. card is probably just, like, it's different because you can't target the active, which is a big deal for Zigzagoon sometimes, depending on the deck that you're playing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, like, this is a card that will be good, it will see play, but it will not be played to the levels that Zigzagoon is currently because Scoop of Net's not going to be in the format. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, past that, we got the Coriodon. We've already talked about the Coriodon EX. And the Great Tusky um, X, yeah. The Great Tusky X. Um, what's next? Toxicroak EX. Uh, stage 1, of course, 250 HP. Nasty plot for one dark energy. Search your deck for up to two cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. And then it's got the Toxic Ripper for dark double colorless. 120, your opponent's active one is now poisoned. Put six damage counters instead of one on that Pokemon in between turns. So you... With a dark and a double turbo energy, you're hitting for 100 plus the 60. So you're doing 160 damage, which two KOs most things, uh, and the possibility of doing 60 more going back into your turn. And we still will have the Radiant Sneasler as well, right? Yeah, Radiant Sneasler, dark patches in the format still for this. So, um, you know, there's some dark support out there, poison support as well. This card we is. We still have the uh, the poison toxic croak, or is that's probably no, rotating, that'll right? Rotate, yeah, that's from Sword yeah. and Shield base set. But yeah, that would be interesting because you could evolve Krogunk into that one and this one, right? That's um, what I'm kind of excited for. Now that we kind of talked about the Lucario already, I'm kind of excited for like being able to evolve your your basic Pokemon into your the EX and the non EX uh, versions of the cards. That actually sounds like a, I've, we haven't had that kind of. Mm -hmm. We've had V Maxes plus V Stars, but there's no deck that's really a utilized that up to this point. I feel like. Yeah, like the Arceus Charizard VMAX deck, right? Like that did it. That's like the only one, I think. Leafeon, Leafeon VMAX and V-Star. That's about yeah. it, though, those two. Um, and neither of those were like super successful decks by any means. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes me think back to like, you know, Gardevoir GX and Gallade Breakthrough, right? People played both of those in the same deck because they yeah. both evolved from Curlia. Um, but yeah, Toxicroak, I don't think seems great. It's like, okay, it's a decent amount of damage. Like Azul said, it does two-hit KO most things, and there's poison support for it, there's dark support. So like, this card is okay. And, you know, Nasty Plot, you know, if you go, if you're going first, uh, you Nasty Plot turn one, maybe your opponent whiffs a turn to attack, like you get super well set up. Uh, Marnie's rotating, we'll just have Judge's disruption, it feels like at this point. So... Um, Roxanne still. 
Yeah, Just but like, I mean that's I mean, not gonna happen on turn yeah. three, right? So yeah, unless your <laughs> opponent's playing Judge, you're gonna get to keep those cards. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, hey, Sylveon GX was a thing for a long time. You know, just going to get those cards could be okay. Maybe we see some sort of control strategy with Toxicroak. Who knows? A shot. Uh, all right, up next, we got a stage two, non EX, um, which I think could be decent. Ken Gambit, uh, 170 HP, stage two Pokemon. The big uh, draw of this card is going to be the ability. General Ship, as long as this Pokemon is in play, the attacks of your basic Pokemon do 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. Uh, and then it has the Dark Double Colorless. Uh, strike cut for 160 damage. So this actually, like, I don't know, if you got, like, two of these online, there are stage twos, but if you're running with, like, one prize, uh, one prize Pokemon doing plus 60 damage, I don't know, it seems pretty decent, I guess, from your basic Pokemon. Yeah, we'll just have to see what people tried to pair this with. Yeah, I mean, the boosted damage is theoretically pretty decent, but, yeah, stage two. Unlikely. Yeah, I true. mean, this is maybe good in GLC. I'll say that. Like, it's probably pretty good in GLC. Yeah. Um, but not going to be the best in standard. Speaking of GLC, a great card for GLC. Revavroom, a stage one metal type Pokemon with the rumbling engine ability. You must discard an energy from your hand in order to use this ability. Once during your turn, you may draw until you have six cards in your hand. This is definitely a solid ability. This is something I could absolutely see being played at some point in Standard. It'll definitely be played in GLC, but, you know, we're mostly talking about Standard. It's attack, knock away for a metal and two color, uh, metal and three colorless. Wow, that got a lot worse as soon as I read <laughs> that. A metal and three colorless, 90 damage, flip a coin. If heads, this attack does 90 more damage. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a card that will probably be played in standard at some point just for its ability. It's not a good attacker, obviously, but uh, if you've got a deck that loves to get energies in the discard pile uh, and you like to draw cards, River Room is pretty decent. Yeah, definitely seems solid. Uh, another EX. Uh, this one actually, I hadn't read this one yet until right before we started the podcast, but Oink Alone, 260 HP, stage one, evolves from LeChonk. Uh, for one colorless energy, it does 10 damage plus 30 more for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. That's like a pretty efficient attack. And then for triple colorless energy, it does two down flip a coin of heads. This Pokemon can't attack during your next turn. So the first attack is just super efficient, right? One energy, 10 plus 30 for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. Uh, weakness to fighting doesn't seem terrible. I don't know. It seems, uh, it seems like it could be okay, to be honest. Yep, I did see Jake Gearhart posting about this card, so there's <laughs> some combo out there. I don't remember exactly what he was pairing it with. Um, I think some, like, damage reduction stuff, maybe, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, this card seems okay to me. Not amazing. It is colorless, so it can fit in anything. Um, you can pair it alongside, you know, you can use it with most support for most types in the game, so that's good. And... Even if you're worried about fighting in the meta, there's Dunsparce. The the solve, the fix all for, for colorless. Oh, does, does Dunsparce not rotate? No, Dunsparce is here for oh, two years, bro. Two years geez. of Dunsparce. Unlucky. <laughs> um, all right, up next, we got some cards we've already talked about and some reprints. So we got reprint of Palpad. Nest Ball's coming back. We talked about the Rock Chestplate EXP shares getting reprinted. Uh, defiant ban we talked about last week which is as far as comeback cards which is something they made a point of in that video at worlds this is what they've given us so far i'll go ahead and reread it for anyone who doesn't know what it does defiant band is a pokemon tool card 
Uh, if you have more prize cards remaining than your opponent, the attacks of the Pokemon's cards attach you to do 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. So if your opponent has more prize cards than you, you're doing 30 more damage. And as far as comeback cards, I think it's the only thing we've seen so far. Now, we're only one set into Scarlet and Violet, but I think a lot of us are expecting a little bit more as far as comeback cards go. Comeback cards go when they kind of made like a big point about it in the um, in the kind of announcement video at Worlds. Yeah, um, um, and again, these are all tool cards, which you know we're seeing yeah. now. There, it's different than items. So the, you know, we see the little purple indicator, Pokemon tool in the top left corner, and the information about tool is now purple in the bottom corner. So differentiating them from the item cards. Once again, once yeah. this new set comes out, um, a couple supporters. I think I don't remember if we talked about Jacques or not the other week, but a new supporter searcher deck for up to two evolution Pokemon. Reveal them and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. This, of course, differs from Arezu, which is currently in the format, which lets you search your deck for three evolution Pokemon, but they cannot be rule box Pokemon. So Jacques can search for Pokemon EX, and it can also search for Pokemon VMAX and Pokemon V-Star. This feels like an okay card. It might be played in something at some point. This feels like a card that, um, you know, I mean, this is a card that years ago, you know, if we're looking at like 20, you know, 2007, 2010 format, stuff like that, like this card would be insane. But when we're looking at a format currently, which has cards like Professor's Research, which is also getting reprinted, discard your hand, draw seven cards. It's hard to justify, you know, using Jacques when you could just use Professor's Research and draw into Ultra Ball. Yeah. Is it Jacques or is it Jack? Oh, it might be Jack. <laughs> that's all i got Bro, i don't know i gotta figure these yeah. things out before the second i think we, out, though. <laughs> we talked about jack uh before i mean no one's gonna play it so don't worry you're not gonna have to worry about it when you're casting <laughs> no one's gonna have jack in their deck <laughs> um uh one yeah another one Professor's research getting reprinted we've talked about penny before uh team star grunt supporter card put an energy attached to your opponent's active pokemon on top of their deck so energy disruption supporter card nothing new they always give us a uh, a new one that does something a little bit different than the team last. Of course, grunt, team Skull yeah, team, Grunt, Team Yell Grunt, Team Star Grunt. Yeah. Uh, team Flare Grunt, of course, being the most powerful of all of them, which was just discarding energy from your opponent's side of the field. So definitely scaled back the power level of them a little bit, um, but still can be good in some kind of control deck moving forward. Uh, two stadium cards, the Beach Court. Uh, the retreat cost of each player's basic Pokemon in play is a colorless less. So this is basically a reprint of. Sky Arrow Bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've had a card, yeah. literally the exact same card as a stadium form before. Um, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good back then. It definitely seems like it definitely could have potential moving forwards as well. Yeah. Sky Arrow Bridge was a super important card for the Verizian Genesect deck that won Worlds back in 2014 because everything in that deck was a basic and had one retreat. Um, so yeah, just that pivot ability. I mean, I think the first thing I think of with this card right now is Comfy, right? Being able to move yep. your Comfy out of the active into a different Comfy or into your attacker seems pretty good. Um, with the plethora of switching cards that are just kind of good in the meta right now, I switch an Escape Rope mainly, I guess. Maybe that doesn't... I think maybe you'd rather play just like Pokestop or something still in the deck. But um, yeah, I mean, Beach Court is probably a card that will be played at some point, yes. Yeah, definitely could see it for sure. Um, and also, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> There'll definitely be a, a deck at some point that will take advantage of it. Um, uh, next new EX is the Spite Ops EX. That's a 260 HP. Stage one, like we were mentioning, like, Gyarados having the 300 HP kind of felt like a lot. This one's got 260. 
at the trap territory ability, your opponent's active Pokemon tree cost is colorless more. It specifically does not mention you can only use one of these abilities um, at a time, so you can stack them. Yep. That's relevant because it's attack, a grass colorless. Wire hang does 90 plus 30 more damage for each energy in your opponent's in your opponent's active Pokemon's retreat cost. So you can set up a couple of spite ops, hitting for nine, you're hitting for 120 base. If they got one retreat cost, looking at 150, you got a couple more spite ops in play, you can get up to you know 240 damage. And if they have more than one retreat cost, you're even going higher than that. So could actually be pretty decent, especially with only costing grass colorless for the attack. I think this could actually be okay. Yeah, this Let's card see, is pretty decent, it's pretty energy efficient um galar mine rotates which would be a really good card for this deck but um air balloon also rotates which is a really bad card for for this deck so um there's good things going for it and you also could just pair this with leafy on vmax right like uh just put like three or four of these guys on your bench and start swinging with leafy on because it does more damage right? oh true yeah yeah, I forgot about that. Leafeon doesn't rotate, I guess, then, right? No, Leafeon doesn't rotate. And this is a, yeah. such a fun game. as we're trying to figure <laughs> out what cards rotate and don't rotate. All right, let's move on. Uh, we've talked about Arcanine EX before. I guess we can just kind of mention how sad we are that this terrestrial ability or attribute on the Arcanine is the same as the Gyarados. Can't be affected by damage while it's on the bench. It's so unfortunate, man. Like really, I mean, if me they sad. had just like if they made this Arcanine like a lightning type or something, yeah, you know, like, something. At least like do that. At, I don't know. Yeah, it's so boring, so lame. Or they could have even said something cheesy, like the terrestrial effect would have been like this. Does this Pokemon does ten more damage to lightning, water, and grass Pokemon or something? Like I don't even know. Just like something different. Um, utilize the terrestrial attributes or mechanic, whatever you want to call it, more than just putting the same thing on every Pokemon. I don't know. It seems like such a waste to actually even include it in the Ooh, TCG. This Arcanine is kind of, or this Growlithe is kind of good in GLC, I'm realizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got 90 HP, three retreats, so heavy ball for it, and level ball for it, and Stoke, search your deck for two basic fire energy and attach them to this Pokemon. I, that's, you know. Turn two Arcanine on Broken Bonds. That's pretty good. All right. Slowbro, stage one Pokemon, 100 HP. Got the ability Strange Behavior. We've seen a, an ability. We've seen abilities similar to this in the past. Um, as often as you like during your turn, you may move a damage counter from one of your Pokemon to this Pokemon, but it only has 100 HP. We've seen stuff like Reuniclus that lets you move it from anywhere to anywhere. We saw the Dusnor that I think had this exact same ability uh, where it moved it all to itself. Yeah, this is actually um, a reprint of stage one. This is a reprint of the very first Slowbro card. It had the exact same Pokemon power. It was also called Strange Behavior, <laughs> and it let you do the same thing. But that Slowbro only had 60 hit points. So Yeah, but everything else back then had, like, the, the big things had, like, 100 HP. So yeah, that's, like, yeah. yeah, whereas, like, we're going from <laughs> the 100 HP to 300 HP. And the card so was not like... good back then, so... Yeah, so it'll be harder for it to be good now than I think for sure. And this is like some way to abuse that. There might be end up being some way to abuse that for sure. Well, we skipped over the Arbovola from the Scarlet set. Let me remember what it does. I think it's, I mean, it's a stage two, but when you evolve it, you like heal all damage from one of your Pokemon. Oh, it's I don't think your combo, one. yeah. It's just from one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're you're yeah, going to move all the damage off your active Pokemon to your Slowbro to heal it with your Arbovola. <laughs> In a very roundabout way when you could just, you know, heal your yeah, yeah. your active. Yeah, I didn't know if it like discarded energy or something like that, right? Like a wussy prime, but uh let's move on. Yeah. Go ahead. We got Slowbro and then moving down. 
We talked about Magnezone before. I think everyone knows about the Magnezone now. Yeah, Magnezone was one of the very first ones revealed. Um, we've got Pachirisu. Uh, electric pouches can't be paralyzed. And then Group Zap for a Lightning Colorless 10 plus. 20 more damage for each of your benched Lightning Pokemon. Oh. I don't know why I decided to read this one. Let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's go to Paul Mott. Paul Mott is a is a cool. They're making a lot of cool stage two Pokemon for sure. Paul Mott stage two only 130 HP. For Lightning Lightning Colors, it does 230 damage and it discard all energy from this Pokemon. But its ability says once during your turn, you may search your deck for a basic Lightning Energy and attach it to this Pokemon. So this one's kind of cool, actually. I think it self charges itself up. 230 is a lot of damage. You know, you get some damage modifiers involved with that, something like that. And uh, I mean, this could potentially like contend with like ex decks or even v's and v stars to be honest you're hitting pretty hard yeah it does a lot of damage it is a stage two so you know it's going to be something you got to set up i don't think it's its own deck right i think it's like a support or finisher in a different deck something like that um also i gotta say i think palmot definitely looks like the main character of a cartoon network show doesn't he <laughs> I guess a little bit, yeah. <laughs> he just looks like a derpy, like, you know, <laughs> a kid. I don't know. Uh, I also, something I noticed this weekend as well Palmy, Palmo, Palmot, right? Think about original Pokemon Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot. I don't know if that's yeah. an intentional parallel, but that's something I noticed this, this last weekend at San Diego. Because there's Palmot doing decently at San Diego in PGC. Oh, okay. I was going to say like something. I was like, there's no way it was in TCG. Right? I was like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, PGC. Um, let's move on to Ride On. Yeah, we talked about Ride On. Maybe one of the uh, probably the most hyped card or the most talked about card that we that was like released recently or uh, yeah, uh, revealed recently is the Bennett EX. We'll first just talk about the Shuppet. Uh, six HP got the wrapped in shadows attack which is pretty relevant actually for a second energy flip a coin of heads the opponent can't play item cards from their hand during their next turn and then the bonnet ex stage one of course 250 hp for one psychic energy eternal darkness 30 damage your opponent can't play any item cards from their hand during their next turn and then psychic colors it's got the poltergeist which we've seen before 60 damage for each trainer card in the opponent's hand so of course, a lot of people are uh, remember, re reminiscing and remembering the good old Quaking Punch days from Seismitoad EX. Now we've got the Bonetti EX, still only doing 30 damage, because Quaking Punch also only did 30 damage, but everything's got a lot more HP now. And yeah, I don't, you don't have that many modifiers to work with. So I don't think Bonet is going to cut it when the follow-up attack is Poltergeist. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Garboder from Guardians Rising came out and in that same set there was the trevenant that had a poltergeist attack and there was like people who were like oh this is so sick you either um force them to play their item cards so you trash lanch them and then if they don't tr play their item cards you <laughs> poltergeist them <laughs> um and i think Bennett combines those two strategies into one card right because you like <laughs> item lock them they can't play their items and then boom poltergeist you do a bunch of damage and it's not just for items it is for trainer cards as well the problem with uh attacks like poltergeist is that your opponent can play around them to an extent right like obviously if yeah. you're using eternal darkness they can't play the item cards but they can still play supporters and some supporters have effects like you know 
shuffle your hand into your deck and draw four cards. So that way you only have four cards in your hand and it's unlikely Poltergeist is going to be doing very much damage. So um, I do think this card is good, but it's definitely not to Seismitoad levels and it probably will not see play immediately, but I don't think that this is a card that you should forget it exists by any means. Yeah. I think maybe the, uh, so that was the most talked about card, but this next one might be the best card that uh, we've seen so far. It's the Klefki 70 HP basic Pokemon with the ability Prank Lock. As long as this Pokemon is in your active, as long as this Pokemon is your active Pokemon, each player's basic Pokemon in play have no abilities other than Prank Lock. Like, that's a super strong yeah. ability right there. It's like what Empoleon wishes it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Empoleon is a good attacker when you use it for why you use it, but having something like the Klefki to slow your opponent down seems pretty good. Doesn't shut down Summoning Star. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Still pretty is, good. Yeah, Lugia is not going to be as popular as it once. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, this card is definitely good. Um, and will certainly be played probably right as soon as it comes out. It'll be, be making its way into certain types of decks. Um, obviously, this card is only as good as the basic ability using pokemon in the meta are and the basic ability using pokemon in the meta seem pretty decent right now so yeah klefki i think is going to be a pretty solid one yeah klefki seems solid for sure we've got uh... the houndstone here it's a stage one for two psychic grave visit 80 damage 10 damage for each psychic pokemon in your discard pile so be revenge but not really be revenge <laughs> It only works for psychic Pokemon and it requires two psychic energy, so probably not going to be great. Um, then there's the Annihilate, which I saw people talking about this in regards to like the comeback mechanic thing, right? Or <laughs> with an emphasis on comebacks, because uh, they did yeah. not say comeback mechanics, they said an emphasis on comebacks. Uh, so Annihilate, just, for anyone just... who doesn't know, it's a new evolution of Primeape, so it's a, a okay. stage two for the Primeape evolution line. I was confused for a second because uh, on the page here it says a stage one, but on the card it says stage two. I was like, if it's a stage one, it actually seems pretty good. No, it's a stage two. Yeah, it's a stage two. Yeah, so everyone's gonna be running a one 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 annihilate to make a comeback in their games. <laughs> so you go you go Roxanne and annihilate. Energy. Yeah, and one fighting energy. You go Roxanne annihilate, and then you start swinging. So Annihilate's attack, Enraged Fist for one fighting. It does seventy damage for each prize card your opponent has taken which is a lot of damage that that does build up pretty decently um and you know being a fighting type you can usually make use of some buffs obviously choice belts will still be in the format for any v's or v maxes and then dynamic punch for two fighting does 170 and 50 to itself so i mean that's a decent amount of damage for two energy as well but it is a, a stage two um yeah. so probably just not going to be very good yeah i don't see it uh don't see it working out very well um keep moving along i think the next thing to talk about that's relevant we've already kind of gone over the iron treads would be the squavette that's uh, a basic pokemon uh, and it's got the ability hidey hole <laughs> hidey hole once during your turn you may shuffle your hand and return the cards to the bottom of your deck without looking at them wait what okay i guess yeah and then draw a card without looking at them without looking at them extra text there is a little bit weird but um, yeah, shuffle that your hand. probably will not be on the English translation of the card. Yeah, so you shuffle your hand, put it on the bottom of the deck like you would with Marty, and then you draw a single card. 
Um, so you can do weird stuff to set up for, I think what you mentioned before we, before the cast, when we were talking about it, like doing like mustard plays, uh, would be something you can combo with it, right? Like you use the Altaria that sets a supporter on top of your deck. And then you hidey hole into the supporter and play the mustard and go from there. So that could be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's, this card is very, it's okay, right? A basic Pokemon <laughs> that, uh, can see you an extra card, right? Is not it's not the worst um and you know if you have this set up in combination with like Bieberel, right you can draw more cards but then you have to ask the question why are we setting up another squall vet instead of setting up another Bieberel, <laughs> right just to draw more cards or tough a, questions right there. Yeah, or another lipard or another curlia right um yeah i mean i think that this deck this will probably work the best in some sort of combo deck where you are stacking the top card of your deck to do something really good if it's the last card um yeah Theoretically, oh, there's I mean, that it would Brandon work with... supporter or something, right? That's a thing. Yeah. Um, where if it's the last card in your hand, you like draw a bunch of cards. It's like a chorus, yeah. right? So yeah. Um. I, so theoretically, it would. I we lose Eldegoss, but it would have been good with Eldegoss loop. And then also, you don't. It theoretically makes it so you never deck out. So some kind of control thing with it could definitely happen because Pidgeot's probably yeah. still better though, right? Maybe that is true. We do have Pidgeot. That's true. That's true. Because you get to keep your um, hand. Yeah, that's true. So maybe that is always better than Squavet. But I'm just trying to find yeah for sure uses for the vet. You know, once Pidgeot rotates, Squavet's about to take over the control game. Um, you know, this is playing. Um, this next right, one, let's move along. Yeah, this next one I hadn't read until right before we started the cast, but I actually think this is a card that you know could be good, and it's honestly just a card that I think is cool for it to exist in the format and it makes it so that you know setup decks could maybe be a little bit better and that's the indeedy with a colorless attack raise well <laughs> search your deck for a card that evolves from one of your pokemon in play and put it onto that pokemon to evolve it so this type of card has existed before and has been played the first one i think of is jirachi from hidden legends did pretty much this exact same thing for a colorless and then we even saw like in 2017 the diancy from burning yep. shadows which for a fairy energy did this was played in the gardevoir deck a little bit here and there so yeah i mean i think there's definitely potential for indeedy to be in the format yeah yeah i could definitely see it working out especially like maybe a, like a rotation or two away yeah um some of the trainer cards here Couple of reprints for a candy ultra ball. You're skipping the one? mouse? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, that's right. The mouse hold. <laughs> 70 HP stage one. What do you think of this Pokemon, by the way? It's it, ridiculous. Th this it is just one looks this like is a, one Pokemon. Yeah, the, I know. The four of them are one Pokemon. Yeah. They they combine together to become one. The first tandem mouse, and then that evolves into mouse hold. Uh, and mouse hold does slap for a colorless for 40. And then has the family attack. <laughs> and this attack does 70 damage for each of your mouse hold in play. Just this imagine just, the this... little mouse like beating up on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole fam, bro. It's not just one, bro. Yeah, you got the mom, whole squad. <laughs> <laughs> Junior, get him in there. Um, it's just such a weird car. It's just a weird uh, concept for a Pokemon. I don't know. It looks like a, the, the mouse looks like a mouse from like a cartoon from like back in the 90s or something. Like it doesn't like. It looks like they, I don't know, it's just such, and their hands are huge. They have these massive hands that aren't attached to their bodies. It's just such a weird card, to be honest. It's so weird. Well, I don't know, like, you probably don't know this weird either. Pokemon. In Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, if you have a tandem mouse in your party, when you're walking around, just randomly, they will evolve into mouse hold. Yeah. And there is a chance 
that when they evolve into mousehold, that they evolve into a mousehold family that only has one baby mouse. It's like a low chance. So it's like they're either going to yeah. have two baby mice or there's going to be one little baby mouse. So you want the triple, the triple fam. It's like much rarer. You want the <laughs> the only child mousehold. <laughs> yeah, you want the family with the dark backstory. Why Why did one of the twins not make it? Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know we were going there with this. <laughs> All right, so you want, yeah, only child mousehold is rarer. The family attack. I would actually have been sick is if they made some of the mousehold cards. There's just like there's only three mice in it, um, but it's the exact same card. That would be kind of grim like, though. Imagine if there's like just a secret version of this card. Why is it... like the little the little one that's on the the one on the right's head is just not there? Like what happened? Well, why are you assuming he's dead? What if they just only ever had one baby? Why are I mean, you assuming that's, that? That's true too, right? Is there, is, there, is there some lore behind the mouse that I don't know? The mice, the mouse. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think this attack is like, okay. And, you know, with Zoark, you can stream stage ones into play pretty easily, right? Yeah. Many um, mice, many mouse. Twin energy does rotate. So you're not really going to be doing 280 as easily. It's going to be two attachments, or you're going to have to have energy excel like Raihan, or I guess like Flaffy or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's okay. It's not good. All right. Let's move along. We got some more trainer cards, some more reprints. Rocky Helmet reprinted, Rare Candy, Ultra Ball. We've talked about the Electricity Generator. Look at the top five cards of your deck. Choose up to two basic Lightning cards. You find there. attach them to your bench Lightning Pokemon any way you like. Seems like a powerful card. It is an item card. Seems like it could be pretty good. Um, and then Picnic Basket healed 30 damage from all of your, from all Pokemon in play, both yours and your opponent. So an upgraded, well, a different take on, what is the, what is the one Freshwater card? Set. Water set. I do. There's been so many times throughout my time playing the Pokemon TCG where I've thought, hmm, maybe Frost Water set is the play for this like situation. I've definitely had that thought multiple times throughout uh, my I've time playing the Pokemon TCG. I've brought it up before a time or two as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's never quite good enough. Right, but... right. Um, okay, got a couple more supporters. Of course, research. Take a look at Katie using this card ends your turn. Shuffle your hand into your deck and then draw eight cards. We saw, sim was it Blue's Tactics was literally yeah. like the exact same thing, but it was like draw up to eight or something. Well, so it um, was a little different because you played the supporter and then it said after your turn is over, draw until you have eight cards in your Oh, hand. yeah. So it didn't so a just little immediately bit... end your turn. Yeah, yeah so anytime, definitely better. Anytime a supporter says using this card ends your turn, the next sentence has to be insane for it to be yeah. good. it has to be something <laughs> is... like search your deck for four fire energy and put them on one of your pokemon yeah right? um, i don't think uh katie's doing it for sure i, I don't think, think if i'm gonna... using a supporter in standard that ends my turn i think cafe master is probably a better choice than, than Katie, to be <laughs> i'd rather accelerate some energies than draw cards i feel like in that sense instance um maybe one of the most powerful pokemon recovery cards we've ever actually seen actually is miriam Choose up to five Pokemon cards from your discard pile, reveal them, shuffle them into your deck, then draw three cards. I don't think we've ever seen, and this is a supporter, we've never seen a Pokemon recovered card also just like draw you cards. Actually, this is like actually the most powerful, like, well, at least supportive version of Pokemon recovery we've ever seen. Yeah, without a doubt. It's an upgraded version of, um, I mean, I guess Our it doesn't get you back, like, it doesn't get you back Homers. energies. So, like, it's not quite yeah. comparable to, like, Brock's Grit or, um, you know, Palm, what, what is the Palmer one? Palmer's is it Palmer's? They get yeah. you back stuff. There's Palmer something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this card's really cool. I mean, 
ordinary rods rotating. So like, I mean, this card seems uh, like you're if you're playing Reggie's post rotation, you're playing this card, right? Yeah. Um, made for Reggie's. Made for Reggie's. Reggie's is gonna have a hard time without Aurora energy, though. So. That's true. That's true. Probably not playing Reggie's, but it was made for Reggie's. No, you're playing yeah, basic energies, playing. Reggie's. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Drew was already doing that at Arlington Regionals, so he played. He was already right, ahead of the between playing one basic energy. No, he played three. He played it was like three? two grass and a fire. It was like two grass and a fire or something. Oh snap! I might be incorrect. My info might be correct on that. I'm pretty sure it was three though. And we I got attack turn one with the Drago. We got Mezagoza, which I think is a pretty decent stadium, honestly. Once during each player's turn, <clears throat> excuse me, that player may flip a coin. If heads, they search a deck for a Pokemon, reveal it, and put it into their hand. So, I don't know. This That's is an interesting. interesting one because it, like, theoretically can boost your consistency. But, like, I mean, this is definitely going to be one of those situations where it's, like, you flip tails and your opponent just, like, gets to set up because you put this stadium in play, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem great um i think i could see this being played if there is ever a deck that doesn't care what your opponent does but only cares about themselves setting up and it's like yeah. if you set up your strategy you win the game like then that's <laughs> that deck might play this card right if it's like some crazy like combo deck or lock deck or something like that yeah something like that something that has to be like more aggressive for sure because giving your opponent like extra bonuses like that is usually not great the pokestop something like pokestop's a little bit different because the decks that play Pokestop are built to use the Pokestop, yeah. whereas everything else you go up against that doesn't play Pokestop isn't. So, um, yeah, Pokestop is something a little bit different than uh, than that for sure. Um, up next, we got the Lucario EX. I don't think we've talked about this one yet. 260 HP. Of course, it evolves from the Riolo Stage 1. Low Kick for Fighting Anacolas for 60 damage. And it has the Aura Sphere for Fighting Fighting Colas. 160. This attack does 50 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. So, yeah, seems pretty mid, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent amount of damage spread between two things, but um, Fighting Fighting Colas is a pretty steep cost. There's, like, gutsy pickaxe yeah. in the format to accelerate, but that's not really great. And then after that, it's just some some good reprints, cards that are just kind of, like, good to have in the format. Energy Switch, Energy Search, Potion, which, I mean, it has been played in competitive decks before, but it's been a long time. Pokemon have a lot more HP and do a lot more damage. Maybe we should have given it the heal 40 buff. Yeah. Uh, it'll come eventually. We've got Pokey Gear 3.0. I think this is another good card. This is a card that hasn't like always been standard legal, but it's been standard legal yeah. for the past like four years or something like that, it feels like. And this feels like just a good card to have in the format. It gets played in decks randomly here and there. It's not like game breaking, just a good consistency option to exist. Mm-hmm. We got Switch, Pokemon Catcher, Judge. That's pretty good, a uh, pretty big reprint. Um, another card that just kind of it feels like has been around for a long time now um and it's always been pretty mid as long as it's been around so it'll yeah. probably just continue <laughs> to be mid in the new format <laughs> a little sneeze excuse me <laughs> the only new card out of these ones i think is the youngster which is just a reprint of shauna basically shuffle your hand into your deck then draw five cards so a good shuffle draw that doesn't shuffle your opponents and to not giving a cynthia back um, but keeping us on that on track with uh, a Shauna reprint, I guess, is okay. And then we got another few cards here. The Ampharos EX. Did we talk about this? I think we did, right? Yeah, we've talked about them before. It's not that great. Um, I mean, it does have that lightning item card, which is pretty decent, I guess. Um, I think the last thing to mention is just a couple other reprints. Uh, Energy Retrieval. 
Crushing Hammer, Vitality Band is getting a reprint. Um, and Wait, then am I further down than you? I guess so. Yeah, you skipped quite, <sighs> you skipped a couple things that are interesting. All right, hit me with it. We got Quiquavel, the stage two water Pokemon. Once during your turn, you may attach a basic energy from your hand to one of your Pokemon. It's a stage two, but energy excel. And we got Mimikyu EX. Void return. I guess we have talked about this before. Yeah, we've talked about Mimikyu before. (laughs) All right, whatever. Go down to the reprints. Skip it. Yeah, that was I think that's all of them. Uh, and then we got another draw three supporter, of course, Nemona. Draw three cards. (laughs) So they're keeping us they're keeping us drawing three cards. Love to see it. And yeah, that's it for that's like basically the full reveal of Scarlet and Violet. It's possible that there's some more cards that come out. Yeah, if they get like a 1.5 set before yeah. our Scarlet Violet base set comes out, we then we could see more cards. But yeah, those that I think pretty much all of those should be in our Scarlet Violet base set, most likely. Yeah, so definitely a lack of comeback cards, I would say, right? But I think we we give them the benefit of the doubt on this one, and we definitely have to see the next couple sets for sure before we like draw a hard conclusion on, okay, they made that statement in the uh, announcement video at Worlds, where's the, uh, um, you know, pay up, you know? Yeah. Um, and then overall, like, nothing seems too ridiculous. Like, I think Guard Force seems good. And of course, Rotation is going to hit and change things up for sure. So maybe Rotation is going to hit harder than we think. But I think we'll definitely be playing V-Stars and V-Maxes after Rotation happens. Major- yeah. Like, majority will be V-Stars and V-Maxes. I think Thankfully, so. Hopefully not Lugia. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of V-Stars. And v- I mean, I think things like, you know, just stage ones that do a lot of damage seem like they're going to be pretty good like palkia yeah. and hisui and zoark and even curum v max potentially still like come back let's Duraladon go <laughs> and arceus are not going anywhere so i think these decks are going to continue to probably be pretty decent um and then of course lost box doesn't really lose too much to rotation i i guess scoop up net scoop up net's kind of big actually i take that back well scoop if you go to like a giratina build i think it's a little yeah. bit less important and yeah. you probably do go to Giratina, and Giratina seems... I mean, with no Parasol, Giratina seems a lot better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Giratina, see, yeah, Giratina definitely seems pretty good moving uh, moving into rotation, for sure. Well, but uh, we'll talk about that uh, in the future. I think uh, that's another time. I think that's all we got. Chip, send us away. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We appreciate the support. As always, if you do want to show your support, the best way to do that is to leave a rating on your favorite podcasting platform or drop us a sub over on the YouTube channel. We did pass 4,000 subs, by the way, on the YouTube channel. I don't know if you saw that. All right, let's go. Thanks a bunch to everyone for the support over here. And um, if you want to stay connected with us, the best way to do that is over on Twitter, myself at Chip Ritchie, Azul at Azul underscore GG, and the podcast is at Uncommon underscore Energy. Thanks all for watching. Good luck if you're going to Liverpool this weekend, and we'll catch you next week. Tuesday at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern. Peace.